Hey, Ted. What's up, Grayson? Welcome to the Budenheit Podcast, everyone. Um, we are recording this uh, on the 24th of October, um, after we just recorded one last week, and we have so much to talk about. I am going to start a counter for every time that we talk about Ange Postacoglu. I feel like we're turning into the Ange Postacoglu podcast. And I don't like it. You know, I mean, it's worth it, though. and It's, it's not worth it. It is worth it. It's warranted. It's justified. No. Any word you want to use for it. The man, the man is taking the league by storm. Taking the league by storm. Um, so, what Ted is referring to is Ange Postacoglu is the first manager in Premier League history to win at least 23 points from his first nine games in charge. Now... It's a good joke, like like I, you know, honeymoon phase, it's great, lovely, wonderful, you know, ha ha, love it, ha. But uh, can we stop? How can, many how many points do you think Tottenham are winning the league by this year? That's the real question we uh, need to be asking. No, because here's the thing: Tottenham are still going to finish in fifth. <laughs> um, so it's like like it's it's bound to happen. Spurs are going to Spurs. Yeah, that's the thing is like Postacoglu wins everywhere he goes. And he wins, especially in the second season. And so they're, they're not going to win this season, mainly because Liverpool is going to win. But if they win in that second season and then he leaves, you know, what, what's going to happen? This isn't Antonio Conte. He's not leaving in the second season. And, and you, can't, you can't be pulling these, these, these preconceived notions based on his past like that because... In, in his other his other jobs, he hasn't started fast like this. There hasn't been this great start. And so I just I mean I obviously I don't think we're winning the league. That was that was a joke for all you viewers. No, no, it's it not a joke. joke. It's not a joke at but all. But like top four is looking more and more likely if if not, you know, uh, uh, guaranteed. I'm not gonna I would never say top four is guaranteed. I didn't say that. Not no, no, sad. But things things look good. I I I really like the only thing I worry about is injuries. I'm always worried about depth. This team loves to to get injured, and but I mean, like it's hard it's hard to look at this this team right now and how we're playing, and and really think we are gonna miss out on the top four. It's it's really difficult to see that for me. No, I mean I think the the table right now is shaping up for quite the top four battle, especially when you have Arsenal dropping points to Chelsea. But the the there have been there was the Sheffield United game and the Arsenal game, which were the two that it was like a bit wavering, but still pulling points from the game. And the big thing about winning the league is you have to win ugly in certain situations. The Sheffield United one definitely qualifies as winning ugly. Um, where where do we think the where do we think Tottenham end up dropping? Like like realistically in the future, like like where do you think you end up dropping points. Like, where do you see Arsenal, or where do you where do you see Tottenham being at the end of the season? Like, do you legitimately see them staying in the 
at the top of the table come come Christmas? Realistically, I see second or third. But still in the top four. Yeah, I I think top four is is what we're shooting like like, and I wouldn't say that if we were in, you know, like European competitions as well. But it's the fact that we only have one game a week that really like, despite not having the greatest depth, mm-hmm. one game a week to me is so manageable, and yeah, no, I, I feel really good about top four prospects. Well, and the thing is also like like Tottenham are on twenty three points from nine games. Fifth place is Aston Villa with 19 points from nine games. And sixth is Newcastle with 16 points. So there's a seven-point gap between... It's tight. Between Tottenham and first. But, I mean, there has been space established between Tottenham and... Like, like there's wiggle room there. And... We're um, only nine games in. It's early. Like all of this is purely speculation, obviously, but but I mean, like, like I think there is a top full. Like, there's legitimately there's three points between the top four, and I, I, like legitimately, I could see any of these three teams winning the league. Like, I get Man City is not is second right here. I don't think it's guaranteed that they're just gonna run away with the league. I could see Tottenham going on a run where. The results aren't showing up as much, but if Madison goes down, we're fucked. Like that's yeah, it. that's yeah, it. yeah. The I was worried about Basuma not being available in the last game, and like he's gonna be he's gonna be out for uh, African Nations Cup, um, and then we're also gonna lose. What is what's his nationality? Or like what 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 flag does he play under? Let me Is it Guinea? No. Give me once. He is Uh Cote d'Ivoire, yeah. Ivory Coast. But um but like I was worried about him. I was worried about him not being available because of the yellow card situation and suspe- Wait, suspe- he plays for Mali? Um uh, Yeah, he plays for Mali. Holy sh- what? That's random. Okay. Um, he could totally get into that Ivory Coast squad. But Hoybier came in and did his job perfectly. Like I, it was it was he he's not the same player, he's not as creative, he's not as attacking, but he did the job and it was it was fine. Granted it was it was Fulham, but you know, I wasn't concerned. Yeah, I I I, I think um, well, and the thing to the thing that I look back on is is Celtic and like the Celtic teams that he had were obviously Celtic is by far like the the gap in Scotland right now is bigger than it's ever been. But you still have to get the job done, and he won. I think bar one trophy, he won everything that he like could have won domestically there, and so if he's it's not like he's a motivational. Like he can do the, we're the top dog. We have to show out and we have to win what we need to win. He's done it with. So I mean, it's not like Tottenham are gonna go on this run. And then like, uh, you can see him hitting a wall. But I mean, these conversations were definitely held with Lester as well. So you know, who knows? I I I think it's not out of the question that Tottenham challenged for the title this year, but. 
can they match Man City, especially come the second half of the season? I really think it's just depth. Depth is my only question right now. I really, I'm very happy with the squad. The way we're playing looks great, and it's only going to get better as as Young the Sun is in the mix. Sun is cooking right now. Yeah, he yeah. is cooking. And um, and you were saying before we, or you were saying you just said you know if, if Madison gets injured, it's big. Madison has been a revelation. So, insane. I mean, Still, like I saw, I saw a quote from I can't remember what article it was, but it was uh, maybe it was just a tweet. But uh, Madison was uh, Paratici's Paratici's uh, biggest biggest crime, biggest felony that he committed. <laughs> it was just such a robbery. <laughs> it was hilarious. No, I mean it's it like just an absolute great great acquisition. I. I honestly, I think in the top four right now, any of these teams could reasonably win the league. I'm not being a homer at all with with Liverpool being in fourth. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if Liverpool could win the league, um, but I could see any situation where the top four end up coming away coming away with uh, coming away with the trophy. So, I mean, I think <laughs> I think to your point. The next, because we when do we play y'all again? Later in the season. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Well, we already yeah we because we, we've already yeah, played yeah. so we we won't play again until but after Christmas. That's that's gonna be a fun game because obviously we've already talked about the last time it happened. But assuming there's no more refing shenanigans, that'll be a good game, and I think that'll be a big measuring stick for both of us. Well, and it's interesting because. So Tottenham has two draws. Those draws are against Arsenal and Liverpool. Arsenal have three draws. Wait, no. Yeah. We beat all. Oh, that's right, because it was a fucking rigged game. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, Never mind, I don't want to do the pod anymore. Um, Arsenal beat Man City, but tied Tottenham. And I don't think Man City has played. Man City hasn't played Tottenham or Liverpool, so I mean, it really like it's gonna be it's gonna be how these top four teams play against each other. I'm looking forward to the Man City game. We yeah. in past years we've always given Man City trouble. Granted, that was that was the Kane and largely the Pochettino era, and then also a little bit of Conte and dare I say Darwin or not Darwin. Uh, Darwin Nunez. No, Nuno, did someone say Nuno Espirito Santo? Yeah. Um, so shout out Nuno. Um, Shout out to Arwen Nunez. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so... so um, got a result against Fulham. Cautiously optimistic. Um, how, was, how was the Fulham game? Like I said, um, we talked about it a little bit. Good game. Good game for Spurs. We looked dominant in the first half. Kind of fell off a little bit in the second half, I felt like. But two really good goals. Sun doing Sun things. With with an assist from I believe it was, I believe it was Madison, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Madison getting the second one, and I mean, there's not much 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 else to say about it. I think I think Fulham had two good chances, and I want to say Vicario has turned into a fantastic keeper. He looked so sketchy at the beginning of the year, but like I I still remember so him him. Fumbling it against Lion yes. City Sailors, and that it. was the concern was that he, you know, he tends to block things out back to the opponent, and he has turned into a fantastic keeper. And honestly, I don't know if it's our goalkeeping coach or if it's because Hugo Lloris is still on our team, 
So, yeah. like, you know. I did not realize yeah, that, honestly. He's still on the team. So, theoretically, you know, there could be some mentorship going on there. But, man, dude, in this Fulham game, he had one incredible save that should have been a goal. And I feel like 90% of the time is at the beginning. And then there was another one that wasn't nearly as threatening, but it was a shot with power. Dude catches it, like, stops it with, like, inhuman reflexes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, because of the power, kind of has to, like, like shimmy out of bounds, but yeah. keeps the ball in. It was insane. Looked I, like Spider-Man. Out I mean, he, I, I, we referenced the Tottenham-Liverpool game, and... Um, in the Tottenham Liverpool game, he had two incredible saves in the first half. That, that you know, if those don't happen, different game. Different game. A lot of things don't happen in that game. Different, different games, game. But uh, no, I, I mean, I, like I, I think my question uh, evolves to how was how was Fulham in that game? Not threatening. Not threatening. I I really wasn't concerned at all. Throughout the game, they just didn't like. I don't think their attack. Their attack was sketchy. It 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 didn't like they they progressed the ball well. I will say, mm-hmm. especially in the second half. But there was just no end product at all. Um, I, and I to your point, you know, we kind of get into it later. I see, but yeah, there just really wasn't any kind of sting to their buildup. Well, it's because it had to be starting. Carlos Vinicius for um, <laughs> former Tottenham, former Lonnie. Tottenham, and like they're just at this point where, um, I mean they're thirteenth right now, they're thirteenth, they're they're thirteenth, they have eleven points, and they're just not threatening at all in front of goal, and it makes you wonder, you know. What what are their ambitions? Yeah, well, like like what are their ambitions for the season? They just so on top of this news just came out that they extended Marco Silva for another two years, so it'll be there until at least twenty twenty six, and they're extending him in this moment of like uncertainty, real leth- leth- lethargy, lethargy, yeah. lethargy, and in, in in attack. So I mean, what do you think that? says like to me signing your your manager to a new new deal i mean that shows me commitment to a project maybe but like i don't i don't know how do you what do you think of fulham right now i'm like marco silva brought them back up and he had them competing for europe last year with mitrovic like until mitrovic gets that eight game suspension like they legitimately could have challenged for um, Europe, Euro I feel like, yeah. like like Euro spots, and they just fell off towards the end of the year. They're clearly not doing that right now, and I don't think they will for this year. I think I think it's just going to be like the way that they are. Um, I I think they, I think they're set for for mid table mid table right now, and and maybe they commit to it, and maybe they're like, all right. Let's back Marco Silva. He's a good manager. He's he he makes the team greater than the sum of its parts. Um, Mid table finish, reload in the summer, go again. Yeah, I mean, like if you up until so from I'm looking at it right now from 2004 to 2014, so a 12 year gap at least they were an established. 
kind of mid-table slash top half Premier League team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to end up back in that situation and then kind of stabilize yeah. maybe because I mean they were they were bouncing they were a yo-yo club from t- 2017 until you know not la- I guess last year yeah last year when they finished in 10. So they were a yo-yo club there maybe they're trying to get back to that stabilize yeah yeah. I this is that. a manager who can keep us up here um, if he can stay on the touchline. If he can stay yeah if he can <laughs> stop getting He's got to stop taking his advice from Jose Jose Mourinho. (laughs) I will say, man, it was really funny (laughs) because obviously early in the season, how many, like he got, he got two reds. Yeah. And so watching him on the touchline, it was really funny because the camera, the camera would quickly cut to him after any call. By the refs, like be it a foul or he's just so animated. He's he is ready to speak his mind. He is, but the funny thing about this game was he was so clearly trying to keep it under wraps. He would like he would like turn around, jump, and then just like put it all back in and just kind of like it was very funny. It was very funny to watch a man so conflicted. Yeah, I mean, I could I could totally see them just like this season. They're set. Like I. I like knock on wood, but they're they're safe. I mean, it's not like they're gonna they're they're, they're not gonna be challenging. For, there's so many worse teams. Yeah, there's so many worse teams. So I mean, they'll be fine even with an like without an established striker. I'm curious about what they do in January. I mean, they clearly need someone up top. They don't have they don't have someone who can. You think they splurge in January? Who like I don't even know who they would. I I don't really know. I mean, they've got Raul Jimenez who's coming off the bench for. Carlos Vinicius, and it's like hey, that's not he hasn't done he hasn't he hasn't been the same since since, since that since that injury yeah so um, I'm I'm skeptical about that but I think the them locking him in for another couple of years they're like no you're the guy that we want let's stabilize let's build an established team I think I think their goal is probably let's be an established Premier League team let's compete with like a on we're they're more trying to go after Crystal Palace I was rather Crystal than Crystal Palace level. When I think than, of, than like Aston Villa. Or when I think like of mid table, Crystal Palace is the first team. Yeah, exactly. Like I think I think they're trying to reestablish themselves at a Crystal Palace level and then go from there. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's what that extension means. Not just go and get a fucking striker. Like it. The crazy thing is, if you bring a striker back into that mix, I mean, like they could definitely start start making moves again. Paulinha is such an impressive player on their team. Yes. He w- he made plays all over the field breaking up our attacks, and he was probably the only bright spot I saw. Do you – I'm glad you brought up Paulinha because I'm curious. Like, do you think – Paulinha literally didn't go to Bayern Munich because their window ends a lot sooner than ours does or than, than the Premier League does. And so because of that, I'm wondering if – if Thomas Tuchel comes back in for Pelinia in January, and if that is the case, what do they do, like? Do what do they do with that money? Slash, are they fine without reinvesting that money right off the bat? I mean, that's that's the big question that I have in that moment. And is what what do what does Paulinia leaving in uh, leaving in January do? Because I mean, like, 
Bayern Munich still had the same problems. It's not like they solved the Palina, like solved the hole that Palina had beforehand. It's not so they they clearly want to fill that gap. It's just what like and and they haven't done it, so they'll probably be back in in January. If they are back in in January, then what's you know what do we see from that? What what do you think on that? It's tough. It's tough. Um, so, if this is correct, I'm seeing he got to Fulham in 2022. He hasn't been there that long. Um, but it's hard with Fulham in 13th right now, right? Yeah, yeah. 13th on 11 points. Yeah. It's hard not to see him at least tempted by that. I... Personally, if I was in his in, in his shoes, I would seriously consider it. I mean, they were literally taking the media pictures of him in Bayern Munich stuff when the window closed. I think, yeah, in that case, then yeah, I think it's I think it could be a, a huge move. I think it could absolutely happen. It just it really I guess it depends on the money. So the fee in the summer that was agreed upon was $65 million. But prices January, January. January, it's definitely going to end up being more. And by 75 80 Probably. Like, I mean, I, I would say it goes up by at least 10 But, I mean, if you get $75 million for a 29-year-old, what do you do with that? Do you, do you feel like you need to do anything with that in the sun, like in January? Uh, Sell him, buy a striker? I mean, I like I. It's. I don't know. That's that's a space to watch because it it'd be curious. With the with the recent like with the extension of Marco Silva, they're locking him in. That's something that they wanted to do. The fans are about it. So if they're locking him in, Paulinho has a very real chance of leaving in January. What what moves do they make in January? Slash, what do they do in the summer? So we'll. We'll keep an eye on that. Is the um, still in the market? <laughs> oh my! Oh, I heard he, I already likes West London. So yeah. Um, now he's he's. I don't know what he's doing in R- Rome, but uh, I think he he'll he's he'll be in Italy. yeah he'll be at every club in in Italy before he ends up back at Chelsea. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of West London clubs, and speaking of Lukaku's destinations, um, Chelsea tied Arsenal two two, and we're up two nothing in this game before. God. I've never rooted for Chelsea harder, to be honest. I like when I when I I wasn't able to watch this game. It was my college's homecoming, so I was at that uh, this past weekend, and uh, when I checked the scores. On Sunday, I was like, "Wait a minute!" They tied, and then you check deeper into the scores, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, Chelsea were up to nothing at and at the fiftieth minute. What happened here? Like, do you? Are we saying they're back? I mean, are we saying that that Chelsea are are? I don't. Wanna, are they still a crisis club? I don't want to parrot every other podcast I've listened to, but, but the, you're going to do it. But anyway. the consensus seems to be that they might have turned a corner here in this game specifically. Um, admittedly, they looked good. They looked really good. Um, Michael Owen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Looks quality. 
Looks... No, not Michael Owen. Michael uh, Owen is is. Uh, who was it? Who was it? Cole Palmer. Cole I mean, Palmer. I'm Cole sorry. Palmer. Cole Palmer. He looks Palmer. a player. He looks a My, player for sure. But yeah, he looked he looked really good. I don't know why I said Michael Owen. But anyway, Cole Palmer looked like a bright spot for sure. So, Connor Gallagher looks. I mean, I I still wish I would have. Would I would have liked to see him in in Liverpool red, but um, a lot of people wanted Connor Connor Gallagher. I I knew a lot of I knew a lot of of Liverpool fans who did not want Connor Gallagher, and I'm like, so you gotta I regret that. It would have been he would have taken the place of McAllister, right? No, no, he would have taken the place of like Henderson or Henderson, something like that, okay. or Ginny Wijnaldum, who we never really replaced. I mean, he just would have been an absolute dog in the middle of the middle of the park. Yeah, um, but I mean they. They, they still have not played a full ninety minutes, though. That's the thing; they just cannot play a complete game. Them. Yeah, they can't play a complete game. I mean, besides Luton, they can't. I I think it's fair to say that they're maybe not a crisis club anymore. I don't think they're in a great spot, but they've stabilized. Maybe it really just depends on if they can win the games they're supposed to. Like they can show up against Arsenal, they can you know pull out a tie, get a point there. But like, what happens when they come up against, uh, you know, a motivated Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, are they able to get stuff done? Essentially, like, like they're playing, they're playing the occasion, which is helpful because their run of fixtures until December are horrible. really tough. Horrible. But are they able to? play against uh, an opponent like a Sheffield or, or like a Burnley or, or just even a Crystal Palace or something like that where it's like they are very motivated to kick your ass and you need to be motivated to get the result that is expected of you. And Mudrick is firing now too, so you know. Oh that's, my god. Yeah, he <laughs> we scores, gotta talk about that. He scores the accidental goal at... Um, against Arsenal where he's tr- clearly trying to cross it to the back post and it's just it's at like why am I not surprised <laughs> that that's the goal that Midrick scores but I mean he's at least putting them in yeah like, he's at least scoring goals now he's scoring for Ukraine as well a lot more maybe, than Kai can say maybe he just needed some transitional time I don't know I would really love for that transfer to collapse so if he could stop <laughs> doing that that's great uh it makes you ask questions of. Well, it makes you ask questions of a couple of people. It makes you ask questions about David Raya and Mikel Arteta because David Raya's had a couple of games now where he's been a he's been pretty shaky. I mean, like like making some legitimate mistakes. Meanwhile, like like Ramsdale did not do enough to be benched at this level. No, and so. If you go into the next game that Arsenal play and Raya is still starting, Raya is on loan. Like, what does that say about like like what does that say to Ramsdale? What does that say? I don't know. Do you think? Do you think the leash that Raya is getting is fair? Do you think they're managing this this double goalkeeper situation well? We've talked about this a little bit before. I don't. It kind of baffles me. I really don't have any answer for it. Um, other than maybe, like, my only reasoning I can come up with, and, and originally my reasoning was that he was going to, you know, rotate keepers. And that clearly hasn't been the case, and I don't really get it. The only thing I can think is maybe that, you know, Raya is a better 
fit for the system. I, I really, I don't know. Maybe Arteta likes his distribution better. I really have no idea. Because Ramsdale is nothing, I feel like he's consistent. He's consistent. You know what you're getting with Ramsdale. He's a great shot stopper. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. And 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 Raya is maybe his upside is higher, but or you see, or is this, is sees it, it that way. But he's in. He's not as reliable. I don't think. Is this? Is this like? I. It's just. Is this worth wasting a non-homegrown spot uh, to to? Um, Get rid of like like to to sacrifice a, a pretty solid point. goalkeeper, um, uh, like because the thing is 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 um, David Raya. I mean, like he he is a a good distributor of the ball, but you have to think like each team has seventeen slots. For non-homegrown people, and you've got a pretty solid keeper in Ramsdale who is English, and so I I, I don't know. It's just I agree. This kind of baffles me. I mean, it's just like is this? And he's young too. He's younger. He's younger than Ryan. Like I I was looking. I was just looking it up to see if maybe like the idea is that that you know Ryan can potentially develop into a better keeper, but like that doesn't make sense either. I really don't get it. I, I have no answer there. Yeah, I we'll, we'll see what happens uh, come next week. I mean, I don't know if Arsenal played uh, played today. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, so I don't know if Arsenal played today. Yeah, they did. They played um, Sevilla and beat them two one. Who started that game? David Raya. I mean, all right, we'll see what happens Saturday. But I, if if I was Ramsdale and David Raya starts on Saturday as or starts this weekend, I'd be fuming. I yeah. mean, I'd be absolutely fuming. You're 24. You're on like you are on pace to compete for the England number one role, and you got benched for Brentford's keeper. I mean, what do you do? Do you push for a move? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. do you think? Because I mean, there has to be teams that would be screaming, stoked to get Ramsdale. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, even when you just looked up, like Chelsea. Chelsea have uh, Robert Sanchez right now, and he caused a mistake that led to Declan Rice scoring the at least first goal, I think. Yeah. And leading to a tied game. Sanchez has not been. Something that's been like a, not Ramsdale levels. No, no, and so like I like Chelsea would totally take that, but it and the thing is like like I'm sure Arteta would love to keep him, but if, I, if I'm Ramsdale, I'm like fuck you. Yeah, I want I, I deserve to play. Like I can absolutely play. I was the starting keeper for a team that Last was season. was close to winning winning everything until um, Man City just won an absolute tear at the end of the season. So I I. It's almost like you wonder. It makes you wonder. Is there something going on, like behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Arteta's a weird guy, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. He, for someone who has th- such thick and luscious hair, I'm, he's, he's acting <laughs> like a bald fraud. Um, so uh, moving on from that, we'll we'll see what happens with with uh, Rye come next week. Um, Wolves, Gary O'Neill's Wolves beat Bournemouth. And so right now, Wolves sits at third, or Wolves sits at twelfth, I think. Uh, Wolves sits at twelfth, 
and Bournemouth sits in 19th. And so Bournemouth are looking pretty fucking silly right now, I got to say. I like put some respect on my boy Gary O'Neill's name. <laughs> it's it's crazy that he came in to be the caretaker manager last year. Easily keeps him up. I think they finished 13th last year. He yeah. gets fired for Antonio Iraola, who is an ambitious acquisition, but it's not looking like that was the right move at all right now. I mean, when when you hear this, when you see where they're at, what what is it? What does it make you think? Uh, my, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there with that one. Um, maybe a, a questionable decision looking back. Uh, Hindsight's always twenty twenty two. I think I think both these teams are shit. I I think both these teams are shit. I think Bournemouth Bournemouth. Definitely in that relegation race. Uh, Wolves, TBD. I really have no idea what Wolves are. are definitely scoring more than we've come to expect them to score in a season. At least up to this point in, in previous seasons. So are they overperforming their score? Or like is Gary O'Neill just figured out a way to get them get them goals? So I don't know. We'll see what that happens later in the year. I'm curious about both these teams going into the second half of the season because... We talked about this last week. Bournemouth and Donny Iriola, I can totally see this being a Steve Cooper situation where they struggle at the beginning of the first half of the season and then come the second half of the go season, they go on a strong run. I mean, maybe he figures it out. Maybe he just needs a bit more time. But, I mean, if they're willing to make ambitious signings like they are, then... And he's not matching the the level of investment that they're providing. Then, I mean, they definitely want to stay up. So, I mean, they're going to need a strong run if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need to do something like they're not doing right now. I mean, they're below Luton for fuck's sake. I mean, and Luton, 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 Luton are Luton are setting themselves up to to. They made acquisitions to make themselves an established championship team. Yeah. And they're below them right now. And they're now, so. out of the relegation zone as we speak, as we yeah. record this. Because Bournemouth are fucking it up <laughs> so bad. So, um, uh, Another setback for Bournemouth as well is Tyler Adams has had a setback in his recovery and, and his hamstring injury is even worse. He's been out for a while now. And he's going to be out until at least the new year. And they brought him in beginning of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. while he was still injured. Yeah, while he was still injured. Now he's going to be injured for even longer. So it's 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 that that sucks, and you hate to see that um, from an American side of things as well as uh, for Bournemouth. But you can't like he's not going to be a player that turns around your entire season. Like so, you can't you can't, you can't just can't put it all him. on that. Um, do you see Bournemouth turning this around? Like, I mean, I it's less of a question of, for me at least, it's less of a question of do Bournemouth turn it around. I think they do do better second half. Do do, do do, nice, yeah, nice. Uh, but that being said, this pot sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, it. I'm fucking up. But um, I think it's more of a question of you know. Do Luton drop back down, and yeah. you know, does another team push them out of that drop zone? And I think that's reasonable. Well, and, and like the the crazy, like the thing about the bottom of the, I mean, Bournemouth have three points, Luton have five. So I mean, that's literally that's one win 
that's one win that you get over the other one right now, and you're above them in the you're above them in the standings. So, like, it's totally possible that they end up out of out of this fight, but um, they're gonna have to have a better better season come come the second half of this because right now they're on four four losses in a row, and they're it's it's their form is looking pretty bad. So, um, so like. Can we talk about Burnley? I know it's not on the agenda, but like... Yeah. Burnley, what... I mean, what's going on here? I don't know. It's just... They're such a weird, weird team because they... I mean, before before the season, Burnley was one of those teams where I was like, oh, like they'll be what Fulham were last year and stuff like that where they'll... They blow the league out. the championship. They absolutely fucking destroy like, the championship. Like up until what Leicester is doing right now, I'm pretty sure they had the best. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Uh, they they secured promotion quicker yeah. than any anyone else in the in the championship era. So. Yeah. So like, how do you go from that to a negative 16 goal differential with Vincent Company, the the you know supposed successor to Pep at Man City. Yeah, I mean, like, well, because the thing what like, they played really attacking football, and maybe they've tried to keep that up, and, and things are just more lethal now. Yeah. But, it, the yeah, the bottom half of the table is, is Burnley with a goal differential of negative 16, Bournemouth with negative 14, and Sheffield United with negative 17. Someone's got to shore this shit up. I mean, like the next, the next one above is Luton with negative nine. That's a set, like that's a negative five. That's a five goal difference right there. These teams are getting waxed. So it's it's company definitely wants to play an attacking style of football, and I thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna translate, but it's clearly not. So he's got to figure out how him. I'm really curious about both Burnley and Bournemouth because Burnley underachieving. Burnley are underachieving, and they have a specific way that they want to play. I have to assume Ariola is the same way. So who figures it out first? first. Who figures it out yeah. the best? Yeah. Then uh, we'll we'll see what happens from that. Uh, but you know who has figured it out? Who? The vampire. <laughs> the vampire. Um, Unai Emery. Uh, so gonna throw a little bit of stats at you. Uh, Aston Villa have scored 35 goals and conceded five in their last uh, 11 home games, all of which were wins. They currently sit fifth, four points off the top spot. Can you see them competing? I mean, it's nine games in. They're one point off fourth right now. They're such a weird team right now because they've gotten waxed away from home on a few occasions. Um, they've gotten absolutely whacked on, waxed on a few occasions away from home, um, but they're they're getting they're getting the results and they're getting the results convincingly at home. At home, um, and they beat Brighton away, or they beat no, they beat. Is that Brighton to home? Yeah, was Aston Villa at West Ham at home? Uh... I believe so. Let me double check on that. Okay. But but I mean they waxed they waxed Brighton six one. They waxed West Ham four one. Oh. But they got waxed by Newcastle. I mean Liverpool beat them three nothing. So it, like, what do they need to do to get into fourth? Do you think you know you double down in your home form and and you just try and? I think it's clear the fans just need to travel better. 
Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Aston Villa fans are sucking. Uh, the away fans need to figure it the fuck out. Um, I don't know. This is a really interesting... It's an interesting stat line because... You hear that and you're like, wow, they've been really dominant. And then you look like you look at their games and it's like they are so they are just so far on the other sides of the spectrum. I mean, they lost five, what, five one, five nothing yeah. to Newcastle first yeah. game of the season. I think it, was, it might have been six. No, it was definitely five. I just don't know if it's five nothing or five one. Oh, yeah, so it's five one. Um, and they lost three nothing to to Liverpool. So I mean, like these are very handed defeats. Yet they're absolutely like destroying other teams. So five one to Newcastle, and then the next week it's four zero against Everton at home. Uh, it's just yeah. I mean, it's back and forth. It's a seesaw. It's it's wild. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think maybe there's like a? It's it's um, Unai coming in with with different tactics or. No, but I mean they were they were what second or third on points gained since he joined the league. Like they've they've gotten the points. Um, and I, he's a really good manager. He's done really well in Europe. He did a lot with what he could get at Sevilla and Villarreal. Um, but uh, like I'm I'm saying I, my my question was more and maybe maybe you did comp, like you did understand it, but like. Do you think they're playing? They play differently away than they do at home, like tactics-wise. Do you think? Yeah, they, they I, sit back a little bit more, play more not to lose. I don't know. Like there, there's got to be an explanation for that kind of. Well, because I know when when Liverpool played them, they played an uncompromisingly high line. They played a really really high line, but they're they're the press the tri- the press trigger. What like their whole team was just very condensed. Like they're. Highly, their 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 forwards were a bit farther back, but their defensive. So they tried to prevent. Yeah, essentially, they're all in the middle of the field, trying to not let you play through the middle of the field, and trying to go for balls over the top. And when you've got Mo Salah on the outside, that's kind of yeah, exactly. It doesn't doesn't really work when you've got you know Anthony Gordon just tearing you up on the left side. Then um, it's really ripping you apart. But. I don't think it just comes down to pacey wingers, um, but they had they had great form all of last year. They, I don't know. I I I, they're just not. I'm not super convinced by them because of how they've gotten smacked by by teams that are competing at the top of the league. Like they're getting the results they need to from teams around them, teams below them. But can they? Take points off of the top <coughs> top teams in the league is is the real and question. My answer so. to that is probably going to be no, unless they're at home. Um, I mean, they have their goal differential sits at positive ten, and honestly, that's a testament to like I, I think that's crazy just going back and looking at those results because like like we've been saying, it's just back and forth, back and forth. They're either blowing out or getting blown out, and. I mean, credit to them. But is they it enough? Is it, they you, sit in fifth. Like, is it enough to not? Is it enough to not have great away form? And just, just take care of business at home. Yeah, just absolutely take care of business at home. I right? don't think you. I don't think you. I think you get Euro spots maybe doing that. I don't think 
it's enough to take you. And I think getting Euro spots doing that is probably an overachievement. Yeah. I think you probably sit mid-table most seasons doing that. Their first home game against the top top team is December 5th at Man City. Their first one from this point is Man City on December 5th. 6-0 loss. So, I mean, like, that's it's it's them December 5th, and then December 9th is Arsenal at Villa Park. So, I mean, if they can get results from those two games, I think we'll have a, we'll have a better answer. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could totally see them hedging um, their waveforms. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, a team that you can kind of compare Villa to right now is what Newcastle did last season. And they're not doing as well right now. Um, currently at sixth. Currently at sixth. They're not. They're not in the top two, top three like they were last season. They're sixth. And that one of their marquee signing. There, I, I would argue their marquee signing from this summer, Sandra Tonali, is facing quite a hefty ban right now for some really stupid fucking gambling. Unbelievable. See, you have in here 10 months? Is that... That's 10 months. That's accurate. 10 months. It's what is currently... I think... Because I think the bans... It hasn't been... Like, it's not a... It is official, but it hasn't gone into effect yet, right? Yeah. So, because the reference that I have is there's a guy on... on um, there's another young guy who's on Juventus called Fagioli um, who got an eight-month ban. And, like... He was betting like forty thousand dollars and stuff like. I mean, like he was betting a lot of money. Uh huh. Um, it's also the Italian league. Yeah, I mean, so. it's also Juventus. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's it's it kind of comes to the territory, but uh, it's just like like after seeing the Ivan Tony thing, it's just like you just have one jo- like like you make a lot of money. Why do you need to do this? I, yeah, no, I don't get it either. Um, <laughs> I do. I really do feel like that's just. Maybe the Serie A coming out of him a little bit, but like... Like they were betting on their own teams. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how you, you don't... It, it happens in... It's been happening in the NFL too. I don't really get it. I guess it's tempting, and if you're really big into gambling, then maybe it's hard to not do that. But like, again, like you said, they're making so much money. And it's like, like it's not like you're out there for a thrill. You're out there doing like Newcastle are in the in the Champions League. Like, yeah. it, like you you play high level games, at least. And when he was at AC Milan, they were in the Champions League. Like you play high level, really high level games, three two times a week essentially. And so if you're playing two times a week, high level, like it's not like you need an extra kick. An extra thrill or something like that. No, so. I te- I texted Pete about it when I read the uh, the headline uh, when it first first broke. Friend of the pod, yeah. Yeah, friend the sheriff. Yeah, I uh, sent him a text. He said he didn't want to talk about it. So. Uh, yeah, cool. I mean th- this could be this could be now granted that like Eddie Eddie Howe has done a good job of of getting a tune out of the players that they've got currently, but you definitely would have liked to. You missed him on the field. You definitely would have liked to have had. Tenali, Tenali in that lineup. So we'll see how much that affects um, affects Newcastle. Uh, but someone who's going to be around with their team for the long haul, Karu Matoma signs a new deal until 2027 uh, with Brighton. That is what a what a great what a great extension for them to get. That is 
That is an incredible extension. It's not going to stop Chelsea, and they'll be in. They'll be in in January in the fall uh, for three hundred million for him. Uh, but do you think this signals a changing of strategy? So again, this is something else we talked about a little bit, just because you know Brighton is so good with their with their player management in terms of. Buying and young their te- and their and their acquisition selling. strategy, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think this. I don't know if this signals an overarching um, change in philosophy, but what I will say is that he might be an anomaly in the system where they're like he's kind of too good to apply to that formula. You know, he means he right now at least and through to twenty seven. I guess he he brings more value being on our on our team and on the pitch, and he contributes a lot, obviously. He's a great player. Yeah. He's a great player. Oh my Anybody God, would love to have him. There, there was a goal against Wolves where he dribbled through like five different people. And he's been doing that goal. for, I feel like, the past past two seasons. I mean, I still I, I have nightmares thinking of him against uh, Trent. So, I mean, dude is lethal. Dude is absolutely lethal. He's 25, so it's not like he's one of these young talents that are going to get bought up. He's right in his prime. But also, the thing, the thing that I feel like we have to, like, the thing to keep in mind with this as well is like, Brighton have made so much money off of the sales that they've had yeah. so far that they are so not in the situation where they need to sell some of these people. And it's still like like Matoma, they got for pennies on the dollar. They got them for like five million or something like Struck that. Gold. Like like so it's not they're not in a position where they need to constantly be selling someone every season. Um, he's 25, so he's not one of the young talents. So I mean, it. I, and maybe that, and to like, maybe that plays into. It. Maybe they're like, we are so flush right now. We don't need to do that right now. We're not gonna. We're not gonna take this money and start like trying to build a year. Like like, a, but we don't need to get rid of these people. We've got all this cash. We don't like. Maybe we can build a solid base here. The the way they probably, and this is purely speculation as always, but like. If I was in their spot, I've got all that money. In my mind, you've probably got three or four core players that you don't put on the market. You know, mm-hmm. you keep and you're like, these are the core players that we have to have our backbone of our team for us to even compete where we want to compete. Mm-hmm. Everybody Sally else. Sally March. Yes. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's that seems like a reasonable like way to, that they may be going about it. I definitely don't think they're changing the formula. I don't. No, but I, 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 I agree. I don't think they're changing the formula, but I think they're just like we We're don't, good. we don't need the money. Yeah, like we just don't need the money. So if you want to come, come and get them. But I, we are, we are in, in absolutely yeah. no need to sell. You're gonna have to whatsoever. pay us huge money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they're just doubling down on what they've done so far, and strengthening their pr- position. Excuse me. They're strengthening their position on players that were most likely on the chopping block going forward. So, um, good spot to be. Brighton making making good moves in the transfer market. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Um, you ready for a quote of the week? Oh, absolutely. This one is a banger. Uh, all right. So Gianfranco Zola, who is an absolute legend of the Italian game, um, is, is someone. Absolutely, that you want to lean on as a, as a young young player. He's won a 
ton of stuff. Um, and he had this to say about uh, had this to say about Jude Bellingham. Uh, talking with him, talking with Jude Bellingham, he said um, just in reference to his age and what he's doing at his age. He says, "I have to say, it makes me laugh. At 20 years old, I was still drinking milk from my mother." Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Hey man, I, I don't know if that's legal. I, I don't know I don't if you know can if, do that. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. To, you know, I mean, if that's what it takes to win as much as he has, I mean, who's to say who's to say he's wrong? You know, I'm not yeah, going to question yeah. anything uh, a winner does. That's that's <laughs> why I'm not in the Premier League. That's exactly. That's why I'm not yeah, in the Premier League. Stopped way too soon. Man. Yes. Both. Fuck, damn it. Damn. But anyway, uh, that's you know, I'm glad I'm glad that quote. Uh, came up because Jude Bellingham at 20 playing for Real successfully and like killing yeah. like being a staple of what that is, team at 20 what is his ceiling where does he go if this is him at 20 he probably I, I mean he's not obviously not leaving Real anytime soon but like where, where do you go from there yeah, I mean, I, like, like the thing is, you can win a shit ton of stuff with with Real Madrid, and you can totally still come to England and and pop off and have like he could absolutely be the next level of like best player at like like that that goat conversation of this generation. Yeah, like we're moving on to the next generation. Messi is is like where do you stack on his way out? out? I don't even think Cristiano Ronaldo like, is still playing soccer at this point. Who do you? Comp- well, I mean, he's having he uh, he was in my feet a couple of times uh, with a nice little brace. I did see that um, recently, but uh, but like like who do you compare him to? You you put him up there with like obviously. I feel like you got to put him in De Bruyne category, maybe. Yeah, I mean, no, like not see, not even like De Bruyne category because De Bruyne didn't have the star factor sure. that Jude Bellingham has. I feel like he's on like Zidane level. Zidane. Like okay. he's like that 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 pinnacle top top he player of this team. team yes, top. yes. And like like being the absolute you unless you are a big fan of the game, you do not tune into a Man City game to watch De Bruyne. I would totally like. I have watched Real Madrid games to watch Bellingham. I've watched Dortmund games to watch Bellingham. People watch Real Madrid to watch Cristiano Ronaldo. To people tuned into Barcelona to watch Leo Messi. You tune into these games to watch him play. One hundred percent. He's on that level of. uh, I would put him in that category of. He is someone that brings so much that I I would watch him. I like. I'm not a fan of his team, and I'll end up watching him just Just because of what he does. Just because of what he does, yeah. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. I mean, like, like uh, the thing, the world is his oyster. I, Wayne Rooney had this to say about him too, which is Wayne Rooney said um, he will fall off at some point. But see, he like, will, he will have thing. a bad run, and we have to make sure that we continue to back him. Yeah, because I mean that's happened in England before, like, yeah. like with Beckham and stuff like that. It's it's people um, started absolutely roasting these players when they had you know lapses of judgment and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I mean, Bellingham is absolutely in that category where he he he's gonna be. You see people. You see people walking around in in messy jerseys, Ronaldo jerseys. There's gonna be Bellingham fans like that as well. To your point, and a huge shot, and I know you're. I'm gonna get shit 
for making this comparison, but like the the age honestly is what concerns me. To your point about the fall off, mm-hmm. you think about don't say Deli Ali. That's exactly where oh, I was going. Oh my it, god! When you have players that come in and do so well at a young age, I feel like age always has to be the concern because. Deli Ali wasn't captaining a no, former know, European I champion. I know. At I'm using now. it as a very loose <laughs> no, example. Yeah. It, the the aside from obviously now we know the drugs and things that you know obviously derailed his career. Yeah. But like you gotta think like, like that, yeah. do you lose that drive at some point? You know you've already achieved so much. At, at what point do you go? You know I've got enough money. I can kind of mail it in at some point and and. I don't know his mindset. He seems like a very competitive, confident dude, but like you gotta wonder if you you know that fades at all, ever. Uh, dude, I, I would I like I feel like you could compare him. This is a wild one, so bear okay. with me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm ready. work it back around. Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Where Russell Wilson was set to be this star at a very young age. Yeah. And, and he was. Of, and he's kind of a weird dude. Oh, yeah. He's just a weird guy. He's image-focused. He's very... He's just a weird, weird person. I don't think Bellingham is going to be that weird, but I could totally see Bellingham being that kind of person who is... Like, Wilson was at the top of his, his career for the longest time at... At... Um, Seattle. Seattle, thank you. At the Seahawks. And, like... Was to was at just at this absolute peak of his, and I could see him doing the same. Or Bellingham's the same way. It's just like he's just built so differently yeah. to the rest of the it's rest hard of people, not and to he's had the support structure to do something like that. That, it just, but the question is, where does he go from there? Where do you go from there? How do you not buy into your own hype and lose kind of that sight, that drive, mm-hmm. that goal? So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. It's already interesting to watch. You know, hopefully yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm interested to see what what he goes from there. I'd uh, love to see him in the prem one day. Yeah, um, I would love to see him for one Premier League team in specific. <laughs> Other than that, stay at Real Madrid. Um, so, going back to Cristiano Ronaldo, we just spoke about him. Yes. Um, he's been. He's sort of playing. He's playing in like a a beer league team, and that is backed up. By this stat that I found uh, this week, which was there were 696 fans at the El Etifak Al Riyadh game uh, this past weekend, where Steven Gerrard's team lost uh, and Jordan Henderson's team lost. Uh, in contrast, there were 702 fans at the eighth tier game between Clyde Rowe and Newcastle Town. Like, I get that the point of bringing all these names is not to, not to um, drive domestic attendance, but you have to drive domestic attendance in order to make your league better than it. Like, you have to drive gate receipts and stuff. You gotta create the atmosphere. You have to create the atmosphere to become one of the best. Like. People, there's a reason Serie A is a bit harder to watch than Premier. There's a reason people like watching the Premier League. There's a reason people from America watch Championship. It's because at a Championship game, you can get thirty thousand people screaming their yeah. lungs out, singing their hearts out yeah. at the stadium. 
if you can't get well, like El Etifak is is a, a team on the periphery of the top there, and if you can't get more than seven hundred fans to come and watch that game, it's not a good product that you're putting out. No, I mean, how can you expect to get people to watch the game on TV? If you can't even get people to show it's up, it's not a spectacle it's at a, the game. Yeah, I mean, the, like watching watching the the COVID the 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 behind closed doors COVID games <laughs> of the Premier League was an absolute nightmare. It was it was so much less fun to watch. Oh yeah, because there wasn't that atmosphere. There was level no to significance it. at all. Well, I mean, there was obviously it's a regular game, but you just the the. The feeling of significance, if that makes any yeah, sense, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. You like you said, you don't have people literally like throwing beer or like you know screaming or, or singing the songs or doing any of that. It just doesn't feel like there's any any weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that I great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. it. Doesn't feel like there's weight to these. It's games, a practice no, match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say the experiment is working really well, and I can't <laughs> wait for them to be a top five league in the world. Uh, <laughs> Okay, you want to get into a bit of a quiz? Oh, I'm so down. Okay, so I have a list right here of the longest-serving players at each Premier League team. This is not them serving for the Premier League team, so like, or serving in the Premier League for this team. So like, for instance, uh, Chris Basham has been at Sheffield United for nine years. Okay. That's the middle of the road right there. He's just above 10. Um, but so it's, it's, he's been there for nine years, whether or not it's, it's, um, in the premier league is, is irrelevant. So my question to you is who, what club is the top longest serving person at? So I will tell you go through go through and give me your guesses. Talk through your logic, and I will tell you where each of the teams fall. Uh, in I'm going to say Liverpool probably has Liverpool probably would have been on this list because Jordan Jordan That's Henderson exactly what I was Jordan, Jordan Henderson was at 12 years. Yeah, if Jordan Henderson would have still been there, Liverpool would have been third. Okay, damn. Liverpool are uh, just below 10th. Yeah. Um. Is it all right? So my next guess is going to be West Ham. West Ham are eleventh. Aaron Man. Cresswell at nine years. Do you want me to give you a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. Um, it's a team that plays in blue. Is it Everton? It is Everton. And let me let me go for let me think about this. Who would it be on Everton? Wash and Graham would be very upset with you. Is it Dominic Calvert-Lewin? It no, it's Dominic. Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman. Seamus really? Coleman. For 14 years and 8 months. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, and that's not that's not all time though, right? No, I mean that's consecutive. I mean he's been at the club for 18, 14 years and 8 months. Um, second is Lewis Dunk at Brighton. 14 years and three months. Third is a guy named Paul Dumet, Dumay. I've heard that name. Uh, 12 years and three months. And where's he? Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Uh, who do you think the shortest... What, what team do you think is the shortest serving Premier League? 
I'm thinking Chelsea. Chelsea is third. Trevor Chalaba okay. at five years and seven months. That's third. All right, so we're thinking less than five years. Less than five years. I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, yeah, it is under five years. It's four years and nine months. What are you thinking? I'm thinking of teams. So my logic here is I'm thinking of teams with high turnover. So... This team definitely does have... This team, this team got into the Premier League in the past five is years. Is it Forrest? No. No, Forrest has... Forrest is, what, I think, uh, 34th, 15th. Damn. All right. Um, no, this is a team... This team had a high turnover. They've been in the league for a bit at this point, but... All uh, right, one more guess. Br- about... They've been in the league for, uh, I think, a bit longer than Brighton. One more guess. I'm going Brentford? No, no. Close. Brentford are, are just above Chelsea. Okay. Uh, All right, with go Rico for it. Henry. It's Wolves. Wolves, really? Wolves. Max Kelman with four years and nine months. So that is that is, that is Wolves. Do not know. Yeah, but um, Wolves. I mean, they've they've had a fair bit of turnover, and they they bought all those Portuguese players. So I'm surprised. I'm I'm not surprised by that. Um, okay, who do you think? <laughs> who do you think? Um, I'm pretty confident about this one. Who do you think Tottenham's is? I've got two names in my head. You gotta be, gotta be one of it's them. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Kane. It's gotta be. No, Kane. no, it's who's at the club right now. Oh, right now. Yeah. Currently. Oh, yeah. it's gotta be Hugo then. It is Hugo. Yeah. Hugo, uh, Larice with eleven years and one month. Still going. I legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately did not know he was still on the roster. He is on the roster. I did not realize yeah. he was still on the roster. Yeah, that, man. That, that is insane. Yeah. Uh, it is because Fraser Forster gets on the bench every week. Yeah, that is that is crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, Liverpool was Joe Gomez. Man City, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Really? Like, yeah. Liverpool was Gomez, really? Eight years. How long was Milner on y'all's team? 2015. Okay. So he, w- he would have been, he would have been he more than been Gomez as well. Yeah. Firmino would have been more than Gomez, I think. Fabinho? No, Firmino. No, no, no. How, how long was Fabinho? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, Fabinho, Fabinho's been around for a bit, but I don't think that long. Um, yeah, no, when you said, like, I mean, longest serving Premier League players, I was thinking Liverpool, heavy. Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it's crazy that even with, now, I think if you went for, if you went for longest ever, like, like, players who serve in teams in the Premier League right now, in the Premier League era, regardless of whether they're at the team or not, I think Liverpool probably ends up top of the list with Stevie G. Yeah. But um Yeah. Or Chelsea would be up there too with like John Terry and uh not I don't even think Frank Lampard would make the list, but Yep. That's uh Good info. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm glad you at least got you sort of got the Tottenham one, so I you know, I was happy with uh with third place on the uh the shortest and second shortest. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy with that. We gotta get Dill on, do some more Dill's corner. Yes, we need to do a long Dill's corner one. I want to do a full, full. He seemed down. Thing. I kind of talked to him a little bit about it. I think you might have been on that for that. But yeah, anyway, hopefully, look forward to that in the future. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. Uh, as always, you can reach us at the Boot and Hearth Podcast at gmail.com, the Boot and Hearth Pod on Twitch, the Boot and Hearth Podcast on Discord. 
Um, and feel free to leave a comment on Spotify underneath the uh, podcast header. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, I think we're going to be going to every other week from here on out. So uh, we will not be having one next week, but the week after that. So feel free to join in in two weeks, and we'll see you then. All right. See you guys.